Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Dustin's vinyl this week again. Once again, it's Adam, Anthony, and Jeff's vinyl. <laughs> Dustin is away. Dustin, listen, people don't understand this about Dustin. Dustin is kind of a big deal. He oh, yeah. is on the road. He's doing comedy. He's in airports. He's doing stuff. And hopefully we'll see him next week. But in the meantime, you got Adam Holtz. You have Anthony Kaffer. You got me, Jeffrey Paul. And we are ready to do this. So let's yeah. kick things off. Um, we're going to kick things off with this. Uh, interesting weekend for me. Uh, this is the first time in, I, I can't even imagine how many weekends I did not do comedy. And it was all about music. And it started Friday night. I went out to MetLife Stadium with Sean Morton. And we went to see... Mammoth, which is Eddie Van Halen's oh, son, okay. opened the show. Uh, pretty good, like him. Uh, played a couple of new songs, which were very good. Uh, followed by, I thought, one of the surprise acts of the year, which was Pantera. Oh, yeah, with Charlie from Anthrax and Zach Wilde on guitar. And I gotta say, man, from beginning to end, they just absolutely tore it up it was i mean the energy it was you know i mean the crowd was just really digging pantera um uh phil anastasio stout sounded amazing uh i mean they were just they were just great they were just really great followed by metallica and metallica is doing this thing where they are playing in the middle of fields are doing two shows uh, a weekend they're doing a friday night and a sunday night and it's no repeats so it's not oh. on, on on each set you're not going to hear the same song you're not going to see the same two opening acts it is completely wow. different so how long the, are their sets full, full uh, sets or yeah, full festival sets. sets no they are full sets um this is my this is my take on metallica i'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because it was the opening night of the american leg of the tour uh, the first four songs I, out of the gate, I thought were really, really hot, really good. And then somewhere along the line, they turned into Fish or the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> no, come on. Wait, okay, so what Dude. did they play off the top? Like what? Uh, like early stuff? Uh, Ride the Lightning, yeah, Master of Puppets? No, no, they, they closed with that. See, I thought the last six songs were, yeah. were they didn't do Ride the Lightning the night it was there, but they did uh, Seek and Destroy. They okay, fuel. so they do an early first couple yeah. albums, uh, but they mix it up. They they the middle stuff was some obscure thing. There was songs like Orion, um, hmm. 
And then there was stuff off of uh, the new album, season 72, with what, 72 seasons? Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of slower jam uh, type of stuff. That's why I was referring to them as Fish or... <laughs> fish. Yeah, Fish or Matthew Band. So I got to say, I thought the middle of it was a little boring. I thought it was a little sloppy as well. But oh, once it, Lars? But, no, Lars, Lars, was, Lars oh. was great. Laws is Laws is a beast. He is he is the master of that band. He is a, a phenomenal drummer. So who was sloppy? Who was? Who I just was... put the whole thing itself. The, 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 it was like breaks in in the, in the set. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it just it you know you can tell like when a band is 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 tight and the show is tight. I thought the show was a little off. I thought they were good. Hmm. I mean, it's great hearing those riffs. Probably because um, there's no repeats, so they. They're doing a fresh, a fresh yeah, show. So, right. So like the song, like I really wanted to hear, you know, one of the songs that really got me into Metallica was sad, but true. And yeah. I'm glad that they Great did one. it that night. The other song that I absolutely love is one, but they didn't mm. do it. They did, that the second night. Night. they did it the second night. Um, they did seek and destroy the night that Great I went. Great song. Great song, but they did uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls the Another second great night. One. Right. So, I mean, you, you look at the, the set list, and I think it's about even. I think if you combine both set lists and you, you know, take out, like, some of the newest stuff, and, I mean, even, like, the newest stuff, I wanted to hear Lux Eterna, and they mm-hmm. did it the second night. They didn't do it the night that I went. Uh, ah. But they were fine. The second night, Saturday night, I was with the Smithereens. Oh. And in a in a small little place, almost like it was a place called Artie's Bar and Grill. And the venue itself, I had done comedy there on the inside, but they have a kind of like a backyard, and it's literally like a backyard. And maybe there were five hundred people there, and Marshall Crenshaw was on vocals, and it was they were they were good. They're always good. They're always, you know, they're 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 tight. Their songs are are four minutes, you know, uh, or less. You know, so they're, you know, they play a ton of songs. And for the encore, they did the um, uh, what's that band? Um, oh, who sings? Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, they were on the Beatles label. Bob Mooland was in the band. Let's see. I don't know. Oh, they're. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm, this is me getting old. But anyway, <laughs> that was that was my my weekend. I went. I, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this stupid song. But yeah, this was. You know, I went to go see uh, some some live music. So that that was pretty cool. And like nice. now, yeah. So now I'm get back to chomping at the bit with uh, comedy this week. What about you guys? What are you guys up to? Anything live? Some random polls? What do we got? <laughs> well, I got some random polls. <laughs> oh, do it. All right. So. um I figured since we're going to be uh, talking about our favorite summer tracks, I would pull out some uh, albums that are uh, either remind me of summer or they were big in the summer. So we'll start with, let's see what's over here. Um, all right. So I always think 80s hair metal goes good with the summer. So we got Poison. Look what the cat oh, dragged in. Great one. And this is, uh, uh, you got Talk Dirty to Me on this one. You got um, I Want Action, um, Play Dirty. This is a, yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, look um, what the cat dragged in. Been yeah. there open for years. And then uh, I'll follow it up with uh, some uh, hysteria. There we go. Uh, oh, hysteria. Okay. Okay. And this has got pour some sugar on me. Uh, Armageddon, it love bites, animal rocket. Great, great album. The question is always is this: which is the better album, hysteria or pyromania? Ooh, I like hysteria, but it's more for nostalgia for me because i mean this reminds this i think with hysteria was 87 was it 87 or i thought it was earlier i see because pyromania is kind of like what well, 87 it yep it is okay but um that's, that's it adam yeah well i go on <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to find this that that song because I'm not going to be able to, to to do the show if I don't get the name of that song. <laughs> I already forgot about it. I, yeah, me too. See, that's the difference <laughs> between me and you, Anthony. I, I will obsess <laughs> upon this stupid song. Um, okay, here was the song. The song was Badfinger, and the song you know the group oh, of Badfinger, Badfinger, and the yeah. song is uh, No Matter What. Okay, you know that song, Anthony? I don't. 
Badfinger. They did ba, feel ba, like ba, making ba. love, right? No. No, that, oh, was that wasn't uh, Badfinger. Uh, that's bad, bad company. company. Oh, it's bad company. Yeah. You know what? You, I I don't know what Badfinger did then. You would know. You they had they had a couple of hits. They had "Come and Get It" if you want it. Here it is. Come and get it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think uh, no matter what is probably their biggest hit. And if you heard the song, you would definitely know it. I'm sorry to go. I, I could not do this show if I did not get that out of, my, out of the way. So I'm glad I got that out of the way. Right. <laughs> Yeah. What else you got Good there, thing. Adam? Good thing. All right. So we're going to stick with the 80s and uh, I'm going to go with the Cars, the uh, self titled, I think it was the self titled debut, right? That yeah. Is. With, uh, it's a great album. That's yeah. like half their greatest hits album right there. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, You're All I've Got Tonight, double Moving hits. in Stereo. Oh, oh, such a good one. <laughs> Just What I Needed is on there, right? Yeah. Yep. So good. That, I don't think the Cars ever had a bad album. Try and find me the bad cause album. I think <laughs> I think you'd have a hard time doing that. Right. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go with one more. Um, let me go with I'm gonna go with uh, the Shins, O Inverted oh. World from uh, 2001. I think it was 2001. And um, you know, this one was um, you know very much like when I first heard it, it just sounded like the Beach Boys, and definitely oh, a pretty okay. big. Um, pretty big album in the early aughts and a very influential one too this is the one that's got new slang on it um but definitely a great album front to back i never really got into them i haven't heard of them in such a long time that that band name is that yeah would that be the one to start with if you were uh looking to go back and and yeah i would go i would start with that and then go to their next one shoots too narrow and i mean both albums are are perfect albums they kind of drop off a bit after that. He, um, James Mercer, fired the entire band, and then he just he went off and did. Uh, I think "Wincing the Night Away" is the one afterwards, which is still pretty good too. But um, yeah, they haven't uh, they haven't put out anything in a while. Are they still a band? It's it's pretty much just him. Oh, and um, but, the way yeah, I don't even know if they're just Tom Schultz. Is it? Yeah. He would always hire these other guys to play. You know, Brad Delp got a lot of the credit too because he was the voice. But Tom Schultz wrote all the music, wrote the, wrote the songs, uh, played basically all the instruments, mixed the studio. You know, the wow. the album in his own home studio. I mean, he did everything. How about you, Ant? Any uh, random mm, polls? I don't have any random ones today. Okay, Sorry. no worries. So, um, before we get into the second part of what we started last week, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, just wanted to talk uh, and mention this kind of a sad note. Um, Robbie Robinson from uh, the guitarist from the band. He was the uh, primary songwriter, the principal songwriter on such like legendary songs like The Wait, The Night Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, uh, Up on Cripple Creek, uh, a bunch of other classics. He died at the age of 80. Um, He was, you know, really when you see the accolades that came in, uh, just everyone hailed this guy as a musical genius. I remember uh, list, listening to him and you know seeing him at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame years ago, and they were playing these songs. And they're just, I mean, you, you know, the weight is just one of those big jam songs that that everybody would just jump on. You know, just legendary. You'll never be forgotten. Um, and then he, when the band broke up. He had a solo album and he had a great, a really, really dark song called Somewhere Down the Lazy River. And it was just like such a haunting song. And he 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 had like that that Lou Reed uh tone to him at that this point, but he did it better than Lou Reed. That talk singing. But oh, the yeah. music was but yeah. this music was just so much better and so much moodier. And it was it was really, he was really uh, you know. He's going to be missed, and he was, like I said, great songwriter in a yeah. in a very very influential band. Yeah, I uh, my band connection is uh, in my early twenties. I used to I was in a band. I was a drummer in a band, and uh, me and the the lead singer we would sometimes busk in the subways in New York, and uh, we used to sometimes do the wait. So oh, I'd wow. be playing, he'd be playing guitar and singing. I had a little snare drum with some brushes and uh, 
I would do do harmonies. So we used to play that song. Here's one of the most uh, misinterpreted uh, lyrics of a weight of a of, of a band song is from the song The Weight. Uh, the opening line pulled into Nazareth. Everyone mm-hmm. think that has some type of religious overtone. He's talking about Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Oh, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, one of those misunderstood lyrics where people think, "Oh, I got it." And it has it takes on a total different meaning. Yeah. And speaking of different meanings, okay. Uh oh, um, nice yes. segue. Nope. Oh. <laughs> you know what they called me in high school, Anthony? Mister Segway. They called me boy, most likely to do a Segway. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. I, I won that. I I won that award uh, in my sophomore year. I was I was basically a um, Segway champ. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that about me. I never knew that about you. It's, yeah. it's an honor to be in your presence. Yeah, it's listen, it's, champ. It's, it's something that you know. I think we all have a gift. Like yeah. uh, like like your thing is you know you know how to make spaghetti, uh, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Adam knows how to wash hair. Okay, things like that. <laughs> we all have something that we're very good at. I happen to be very good at segways. <laughs> and speaking of segways, <laughs> and speaking of segways, <laughs> so we are in the summertime. You see, you see, you see the seamlessness that goes on here. Yep. Okay. You know, things are happening right now that you have no idea they're going on behind the scenes, but we just make it look so easy, folks. Um, it is summertime. And last week we started talking about Rolling Stones top 10 summertime songs. And I think we all pretty much hated the list. We didn't agree with a lot of the, the, the songs on it, especially the top three were just brutal. So we thought we can do a better job. So our task this week was to come up with a top 10 list of summertime songs. So let's let's start it off. And sh- what do you think we should do here, Adam? Should we just go in order and we each do a list or should we go each do like 10, 9? Sh- what should we do? Uh, I think we should just go. Uh, we should just go in order. So each of us gives number 10 and then and then we go that way. So- sounds good. So start us off. What would your number 10 summertime song? So number 10, um, I picked a song that just, this, this is a song from 83. It just kind of uh, reminds me of, and I, I was a kid in the 80s. It just kind of reminds me of summer. It reminds me of uh, roller rinks. It reminds me of, um, uh, I would hear this a lot on the boardwalk. And this is, uh, this is a band that I don't really hear much of, but uh, this is uh, the Motel Suddenly Last Summer. Ah, it's on my list. I'm going to get ah, to that. Yeah, great one. So we already, I, I, the first <laughs> off air, I said, you know what, Adam? I don't think we're going to have an overlap. First fucking song is first an song. overlap. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. And I'll, I'll talk about it when I get to it. I have it much higher on my list, by the way. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, the motels, um, <laughs> you know, besides suddenly last summer, it's really just that and uh, only the uh, lonely, which is a great, great song too. But, um. Yeah, I'll wait for you to talk more about it. <laughs> All right, where'd you go with Anthony? Uh, number ten. I am gonna go with. Uh, I'm going Rockaway Beach. Okay. Yeah. You know, what? On, on my on my original list. Yeah. I had I had I mean like when I say my original list I wrote down a ton of songs. I mean, I yeah. thought yeah. this was a this was very tough to kind of like eliminate songs, and, and I'm shocked that some of the songs I eliminated. That was one of them. Yeah, you eliminated it. It was. Yeah. It was on my it was on my list. Like I have to include it, and I didn't put it on. I, I didn't necessarily put stuff in order. I wasn't sure if that's what we were going to do, so I, I I randomly picked one to be my number ten. But no, I okay. I, uh, no, I got fine. like a list of twenty songs. And I'm gonna be it's, it's, trying to figure it's out hard which, to pare it down, which one. Right? It's hard. Yeah. Even those twenty. Yeah. All right. So for my number ten song, I picked um, the 2000 uh, song from Matchbox Twenty, Bent. Um, Bent. Which is yeah. I don't know uh, this it's one. A, it's a great video. Uh, in fact, this was their only 
number one song in their career. I really thought that that they had more. I think Rob Thomas may have hit hit a number one on his own and maybe the one with Santana. But yeah. as a band, as Matchbox 20, this was the only one in 2000 that went to the U.S. Billboard number one. And I just remembered, if you remember this video, this was about a guy having a really bad day. And like he... He gets into a confrontation on the street. He gets mugged. Uh, he he loses his wallet. There's a lot going on in this video, uh, but it was just like that haunting guitar, the the way the angle, the way this video came out. And I just remember, like that was one of those songs that seemed to be on the radio all the time, and was and was just backed up by a great uh, video. So for me, my number ten song, "Bent" by Matchbox Twenty. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, and you want to go with number nine? Uh, okay. I don't know if I have like a, a whole thing like you guys do. Is that I thought we were just doing it like a list, but okay. No, this is my number nine. Uh, it's, and it's from a band that I don't necessarily even like, but they have East really under yeah, East Street Band. <laughs> they have some undeniable singles, and I I never really got uh, into a lot of the uh, deep cuts, but I went with. Sublime, what I got. Oh, that's a great one. That's a good one. It's a great. It's it's probably the best song they ever wrote. And uh, I don't know about that, but it's it's, it's a song. A great one. That, that, is, that is a good one too. But when this one comes on the radio or on a playlist or whatever, I get excited still. And this song is what twenty five years old at least. Yeah, it doesn't seem it though, right? No, not too well. We're old, but <laughs> but it still holds up. Still it holds up. Song. It still sounds fresh to and me. Somehow the, anyway, somehow the lead singer is dead, but they're still touring. Yeah, and he died right before that album too. Yeah, yeah that was a couple weeks, title right? one. Yeah, yeah. All right, I I will go, and then uh, we'll go with the uh, Adam. So I'm going to go with my number nine song is uh, "Pulling Muscles from a Shell" by Squeeze. Oh, Ooh, okay. 1980. Um. I mean, I just remember being like a kid and just being like, this was on the radio, like at every backyard pool party, you would always kind of hear this on the radio. Um, and the funny thing about it is this was, they, I think they were only on Saturday Night Live maybe once, but they performed this song on Saturday Night Live. And it's about a seaside uh, vacation. But, okay, so it's about a seaside vacation, right? But the yeah. song is written while Chris Dilford is hanging out in a New York City apartment, um, just kind of like, just like during the summertime. And, and it, it, pulling muscles from a shell has another like kind of sexual meaning as well. Do you know what it is? I don't know. I, know, I didn't know what that Adam, was referencing. Yeah. yeah pull, this must be a London thing or an English thing, but pulling muscles from a shell the little bit of a controversy that went with this title of the song is when you're kind of like diddling a girl. <laughs> I'm trying to put it like, so we, we don't get canceled right I away. I think that's the medical. Right. I've read that in a medical dictionary. Yes. Yes. That's pulling that's muscles the term. from the shell. But still, great, great snappy song. Great song. Great summer song. Very light. <laughs> get uh, Adam. All right. So I, uh, I went to uh, the 90s, one of my favorite artists in the 90s Beck and Beck's got Ooh. he's got a bunch of summer songs too but I went with an underrated song um I went with Beer Can off of um, um Mellow Gold yep Deep Cut Deep Cut and this is one that I think should be much bigger this song and uh um it is I don't know if you've even seen the, this if you've seen the video for it too this was the last single off of Mellow Gold I didn't know this, this had song, a video yeah it's it's um uh, really out there too it's it's just this is a, a hipster barbecue song for the most part ah, man. i mean you have um you have the whole song is just about um you know just having you know getting your hands on beer wanting to just ditch out on your job the job here is a uh, leaf being a leaf blower and uh and yeah and it's, it's just partying uh it's got some great lyrics like um uh winos throwing frisbees at the sun um it's <laughs> I it's a really it's a really fun uh funky beck song it does feel like it'd probably be more on odelay and and if you listen to this right before uh where it's at it just goes in pretty pretty perfectly is there a summertime memory that's connected to it 
No, just for me, this one just has a summer vibe to it. Just this whole barbecue. Even if you watch the mm. video, the whole thing, most of it takes place at a barbecue. Because years later, okay, when I was in high school and we would go down to the Jersey Shore, or we would go, mm-hmm. you know, go see like uh, bands, you know, when that was like a big thing. I remember pulling muscles from a shell was something that every cover band would play. Simple Math. song, simple right. but catchy song. So you associate it with drinking beer, hanging out with your friends and just like being outside. Okay, but you don't you don't feel that with beer cans? No, I. I <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's funny too. I uh, I saw Beck. Um, this was years ago. At um, he was headlining Boston Calling Festival, and uh, uh, me and my friends go back to the hotel we're staying at, and we're at the bar, and Beck is there with his band. We're like, holy shit, Beck is here. Um, so I'm walking over there. My friend, we're we're heading over to the bathroom. He walks right over to Beck, Beck security guy comes over and, and, uh, but he goes right up to Beck and he goes Beck. He's like, you played so well. He's like, you know what? I have a, a request. Can you play beer can? And Beck is kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> no, first, like, just get away from me. But also like, he just goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anybody really wants to hear that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. Do you know what his real, real name is? Uh, Beck Hanson. Uh, yeah. No, it's Martin. Isaac. It's Martin Isaacson. Wait, what? His real name is Martin Isaacson. Nah, I think it's Campbell. Is it Campbell or Hanson? I forget which one is his real one. He was, a lot of people don't know this about Beck. He was a rabbinical student when he was um, a senior in high school. I never heard that about Beck. Because I'm lying. I know. All right. (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) I will get us going to number I think it's Campbell, right? His dad was like a... uh, a soup manufacturer? Like some kind of composer? Famous composer? Campbell? I think his... Yeah. I, but I, now I, I, he goes... Now he uses Beck Hansen, I believe. I've never a big fan of Beck. Although it kind of liked um, Two Turntables on a Microphone. That was a good one. Great song. Where It's At. Yeah. Where It's At was also... and That and was the same the, one. And what was the first one? Loser. Loser. Yeah, that was off yeah. Mellow Gold. Yeah, that was that was kind of a fun song. And then he went in a completely different direction, which is kind of cool as well. Well, he always um, so went in a completely different... He, every he, album for a while, up until the last few years, every is, album was totally different. Which is good, and, and it could be bad, because you, you get it, uh, an audience, and yeah. they're expecting you know something <clears throat> similar, and then you can kind of lose them, or you can kind of grow your audience. Yeah. And the audience grows with you. That's yeah, I, I think he had a, it was some, it was pretty hit or miss for a couple albums. Like, I really love Midnight Vultures. I think that might be his best album. I'd agree And it too. was a commercial failure. It was like a funk. It was like Beck doing a Prince album. Yep. And it was great. But that's I, not what, I, that would, that's not what people I, wanted. I probably would like. I it's great. My number eight is, this is, I believe, was the second single. Off of Tears for Fears mega album, songs from the big chair, uh, and that was Shout. Uh, yep. This was a number one single in 1984. And even though the song came out in, I think it was November, that following year, I mean, this song really exploded and again was all over uh, FM radio. Um, a lot of people kind of like think it's just kind of like a, a song about just kind of like a release. It's really a political protest song. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this a summertime memory for me is like Tears for Fears always seems like they toured during the summer. And I remember seeing them at Jones Beach. And they were just like, really, just a, such a great, great venue to see a summertime show. And they, they're, you know, they, they, their catalog goes deeper than people think, even though they don't have a lot of albums. They have a lot of, they have multiple hit songs off yeah. of all their albums. Yeah, Songs in the Big Chair is fantastic. You got um, uh, Head Over Heels. It's just, a, that's an amazing song there. Um, that's Everybody Wants to Rule the World, I think, is on there too, right? Every, it is Mother's Milk. Well, there's, uh, oh, yeah, that's a great one. Talk, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, 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 there's a bunch of them. So that that's going to be like my number eight. What would you say, um, Anthony? Uh, all right. So a lot of my songs on this list are coming from some point in the '90s because uh, when I think that's that's when summertime was exciting. When I was like, a, I was a kid in the '90s. Um, what kind of kid were you in the '90s? <laughs> you know, it's pretty much like this. <laughs> 
Did you have long hair? Yeah, I had long hair. I was in bands. Well, teen years. Right. I guess my hair wasn't as long when I was like six years old, but I had, I don't know, I was long Wouldn't enough. It be funny if Anthony had like a, like a waffle. A waffle? Yeah. It's like a 1950s haircut, like Richard Cunningham would have had. Oh, <laughs> I never had that. I said, come on, what would you, what would you say? <laughs> uh, okay, so, and this is a band. I, I also don't love this band, but you can't really, if you're at a barbecue and Sugar Ray's Fly comes yeah. on, I don't care who you are, you're getting down. That makes, it makes me want to eat a hot dog. Right. When I hear, <laughs> when I hear make you want to do this, does it make Ray. you want to do this dance? Uh, no, I don't usually want to do that. You know what it makes me do? Baby. It makes me want to stand up on the ceiling and and, and dance. And yeah, you know, in the video where they're they're standing, they're dancing on the ceiling and on the wall. I I just saw him a couple of weeks ago. Mark McGrath. Yeah, he is on the uh, Party Gras tour. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's working at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a game show host or something. Do yeah, yeah. you think most people, you know, most kids today, connect him as the singer of Sugar Ray or as a game show host? I think they don't know either of those things. <laughs> Young people missed both of it. Anything that came out less than three years ago <sighs> might as well be from the uh, dinosaur age. Well, right. when was he a game show host? Like early 2000s? Yes. Yeah, so young people, I okay, I was talking to some people in their early 20s recently, and they said that they learned about the early 2000s from those VH1 shows, you know, like uh, I Love the 90s and yes, all that yep, stuff. Yep. So they did a 2000s one. Those were great, that's those shows. How, yeah, but that's how people, so if they know him as a, if a young person knows Mark McGrath as a, talk show host or as a band member it's probably from one of those shows he was uh he was the co-host of extra extra that's what that's right that that, that's another thing he was a co-host of right he he was on a fucking hollywood gossip show but he was also the lead singer of kind of a what you say they were like an alternative band yeah they were like an alternative rock band yeah. Uh they were kind of heavy at first and then they did fly and all that stuff. Flying every morning. Every right. morning. Yeah, but the, the rest two, of the those the huh? two songs that he did. <laughs> but if you listen to the rest of the songs on on um I forget what the name of the album was. The one with Fly. It's like there's some pretty hard rock stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah, though they're not kind of like reminiscent of what the rest of the album is. Agreed. Yeah. Adam, what would you say your number eight uh, is? It, we're up to number eight, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go yeah. with uh, an artist that that we love and Anthony hates. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the boss, Bruce Springsteen and oh. Sherry Darling off of the river. Oh, great song. And this was one that I didn't really know until he did the river tour. I went to I went to four shows on the river tour, three of them at MetLife. And this was just this was one of my favorites during uh, when he would go and he would play the river front to back. Um, if I remember right, he uh, he originally kind of intended this to have the same feel as like a Kingsman, like Louie Louie type song. Mm. And, you know, this is great. Like this, this song where he just, you know, he's stuck in New York City driving his girlfriend's mom around. And all he wants to do is just get on the parkway and head to the shore. And um, it's just a fun, that, that, that has be, a fun song. That could be any number of two dozen songs that he sings right. about. <laughs> Except but this except one just has this, so much more of a yeah, fun know, vibe to the, it. The way he changed this one up, the girl's name isn't Wendy. Right. It's Sherry. Sherry. It's not uh, Rosalita. It's <laughs> right. But it's always Wendy. We're gonna get a big record contract. Yeah, and I thought about doing Rosalita, but I I I figured no, Sherry Darling good, was so man. much more of a summer song. Because it's light and airy. Yeah. Go with another one. Let's name number seven. All right, this is going to be the complete opposite direction. This is a this is a song that reminds me of uh, a summer, mostly for. I was just watching the video today. It's on a beach. Uh, it's more of a uh, more of a love song. Chris Isaac's "Wicked Game." Oh, Ooh, sure, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. But because of the video, the video I do associate like, that song with summertime. Yeah, yeah, and being by the beach. 
The yep. bitch, yeah. And who who's the actress? Is that a Helena Christensen? Helena Christensen, yep. Yeah. Man, that is a hot <laughs> video too. Yeah, it's very <laughs> you know what it is? I'm gonna use a word that, that we you would only use to describe like videos if you watch or if you watch or read anything with Rolling Stone. It was sultry. Right. Sultry. It was the complete was opposite the- of Billy Squire's video. Complete, oh yes. <laughs> it's it, it, Stop, Anthony, please. <laughs> You're going to get us canceled. We're going to lose, lose the small audience that we already have if you keep doing that dance. <laughs> you, know that, you, know that, uh, you know that song was, uh, I think it came out in 88 or 89. It wasn't, it didn't, it, I, guess, I guess it's kind of considered a 90s song because it didn't become big until 90 or 91 when David Lynch had it in um, uh, Wild at Heart. I'm just going to ask you, oh. it was associated with a movie. Yeah. So wait, yeah. but was the video out in the eighties, or did they make the video? The video what? has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, I'd have to take a look at that, but uh, I'd imagine it's, the video was probably eighty nine. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is it mostly black and white? Right, it's all black. It's and white, mostly black and white, and there's one part where it's like a, li- a little bit color, but it's mostly black yeah. and white. Yeah, like it's sepia, kind of like a Schindler's List. Right, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't think anyone has ever equated Wicked Game with Schindler's List, but somehow we've managed to meld you're those the, two the first. on this show. You are the first to make the yes. comparison. What was your number uh, seven song, Anthony? <laughs> All right, I'm going with, uh, so this is a band I actually do really like. Um, and it's sticking with 90s, because those were my uh, glory days, I guess. Uh <laughs> Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sit-Up. Oh, great oh, song. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, it's definitely. It's a great, uh, I, I mean, I, I just, I don't care what season it is. I love, I love the song. The rest of this album is great. Everybody knows this song, but uh, the rest of the album is also front to back, yeah. I'd say, incredible. But yeah, this is a, this brings me back to some, some summer in the 90s. Now I'm I'm going to be a little surprised if either one of you have uh, this song on your list. This is my number seven. I don't know how it could be left off of a summertime list, but you guys may consider it lame. Uh, mm. I consider it summer gold. All right, oh it's the Beach Boys, Kokomo. Uh, Kokomo. I know wow. you love that song. Summer oh, of 88, boy. number one wow. song. Uh, Anthony, I know you love the video of John Stamos <laughs> in his pink tank top, you know, playing the steel drums. Uh, <laughs> oh, this, was, this was the, the big hit single off of the soundtrack uh, from Cocktail. A um, wow. couple of things about this song. One, there is no place called Kokomo. It's made up. People like yeah. to pretend that there is. I'm going to Kokomo. No, you're not. There's no place called Kokomo. Here's something else I thought was kind of interesting about this song. This was kind of like a get together, kind of almost almost a reunion of sorts with the original Beach Boys. Everybody was part of it except one member. The most Brian important Wilson. one. Yeah. Yes, no, Brian yeah. Wilson. And the reason why was because Dr. Eugene Landy who had kind of like, was like a Svengali who had a hold on him, wouldn't allow him to participate. Now, if you saw the movie um, uh, Love and Mercy, okay, uh, it really, and Paul Giamatti plays Eugene Landy. You saw what kind of control he had over uh, Brian Wilson. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, you know, I, technically, maybe their biggest hit, because this was mm-hmm. a number one single. Yeah. Okay? So you're, 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 implying that brian wilson wanted to be part of kokomo I, brian wilson do you know the story with eugene landy no just what you uh, said just okay. now okay so eugene landy was, was was a person who he was he was discredited uh he lost his uh medical license basically he for years he kept Brian Wilson away from the band. He kept him away from his family. Uh, he medicated him. He over medicated him, and he would he just he would just like use him as his his vehicle, and and just made money off him by, by making him write songs and just keeping him drugged up and keeping people away. And it really was his wife, who we still married to this day, that basically saves him and gets him away from Eugene Landy, and they wind up suing him. And the guy is just like again, like I said. You know, just kind of like cast off, banished. But yeah, that was um, 
that that was my number seven song, Kokomo. And you, you know, know although uh, it had, yeah, oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think um, they, I think the Beach Boys and John Stamos played Kokomo on an episode of Full House. I was gonna say that's my big memory of the song <laughs> yeah. is is from that episode. Anthony, when you lived in New York, did you live in Brooklyn? I lived in all the boroughs. Okay, so you did. Okay, so in Brooklyn, uh, in Coney Island, right across from the aquarium, there used mm-hmm. to be this band shelter. And every summer, they used to have incredible concerts. I mean, I remember seeing Hole and Oates there. Huey Lewis in the News was there. I saw Frankie Valley there. Uh, I saw Liza Minnelli there. Christopher, I mean, they just, I mean, like really like big names. Uh, one year, we went to go see the Beach Boys. They were there. I mean, and this was completely free. And yeah. John Stamos uh, was on stage playing the steel drums with them. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Um, did, did you go? Have mercy. I did say that. Yes. <laughs> and, and he was like, "Not nie- the hair." And I made my nieces go, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> oh God. This this show could only go off from here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Adam. What's number six? All right. So speaking of Brooklyn, this is a uh, Brooklyn-based band right here. Uh, my number six anyway. is uh, Animal Collective, Summertime Clothes. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't think Jeff knows Animal no. Collective. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. This, man. Is, this is 2009, and and um, you, can you they, get two uh, different guys on different ends of the spectrum? I went with the most commercial song ever recorded, yeah. and you're going Animal Collective. Collective, yeah. Kokomo <laughs> to Animal Collective. So this song just reminds me of summer in New York City. Um, it it starts with the sizzling of the, it's like a sizzle of almost the, the, the heat off the pavement. And, uh, it's just a fun psychedelic kind of song. Um, it, it's also, also reminds me of music festivals too. Um, definitely one to check out Anthony, you know, animal collective, right? I, I know them. I don't know this song. I don't think. Yeah. This is off of their, uh, kind of their one one album with mainstream appeal, which is Meriwether Post Pavilion. And uh, okay. they have a bunch of, like, the whole song, they, they have a Beach Boys type sound, but more psychedelic to it. Uh, okay. I remember at the that time, I was not into this kind of stuff so much. So there's a few bands I, I missed out on back then that I, I'd like to revisit them and uh, the Shins. And yep. Some... It's the reason why on this show we need to be able to play music. That would, this would be the perfect time to kind of like, you know, the way you described it makes me now, I would like to hear it. I would like to Well, hear I tried it. to do the sizzle. Yes. Yeah. We'd like to hear a little, <laughs> little cut off of it. Andy, what's your number six song? <laughs> All right. You know, I could have put this at number one, but I would be too embarrassed. This is another band I don't really love, but this song is Summertime for me uh in the late 90s it's uh it's a song by the band len steal my sunshine i'm picking that one uh it's it's a goofy song it's maybe even more lame than kokomo but i i like it it gets me it gets me pumped up gets me ready for summer I like when Anthony picks something lighthearted and frivolous. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be dark yeah. and brooding. So I have it that. is a fun song. It makes me happy. I don't know why. Yeah. I had I that know. one on my oh, list also. I, I, took, I took it off my list, but it was uh it is a fun song. It kind of reminds me of Weezer's uh sweater song. Ah, yeah, okay. Ah, okay. What do they sample? They're sampling uh Ah, I don't know. I should have looked it up. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, sampling a really big song. There's still time for you to look at that. All right, I'll, I'll look, look it up while we're talking about Look it up while I go thing. over my number six song, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is dark and brooding. Okay, I went with the 1983 number one single, "Every Breath You Take" off of the Synchronicity album. Um, this, oh yeah. Now this was a great summer tour. I went to it, Shea Stadium. The Clash opens up the show. Okay, I mean, this is really like kind of big. I mean, this was all over the place. This this pretty much started uh, at the end of winter into fall, and then just I mean, this song was just a monster and just kept going everywhere. Um, a song that people just don't really get. 
you know, there, there have been examples or uh, people would play the song at their wedding. It would be their wedding song. And it's really a song about a, a, a possessive lover. And oh. the, the and the, fun, the the backstory with the song is Sting wrote the song while he was having a relationship with his current wife, uh, Trudy Styler. However, he Ooh. was already married. That and rascal. His, at, right. And his wife at the time was the possessive one. Every mm. breath you take, every step you make, I'll be watching mm. you. Because she kind of suspe- uh, suspected that he was kind of fooling around with oh, Trudy. Oh, so to me, that makes the song less creepy. Yeah. Because it yeah. sounds like he's a stalker. It is not. It's when not. it's his point, like it fits from his perspective. Think of, well, th- this was the inspiration of the song. So think about it. If you, you know, someone's so obsessed with an Anthony Kaffer mm-hmm. that, 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 that they're willing, you know, they're going to watch everything you do. They're going to look at, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to just focus, they're going to obsess upon Anthony Kaffer. That, that, that's a strange lady to begin with, but still, <laughs> still. All right. I'm going to go back to back here. I mean, I'm going to try to redeem myself with something a little right. bit lighter here. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I'm going deep. I'm going deep. I'm going back to 1963. If this song doesn't say summertime, I don't know what does, but, but we're also going to do. It's big by two artists. So the song is heat wave. And I love both versions. In 63, Martha and the Vandellas had a number one single with it. But then later on in the 70s, Linda Ronstadt had a great uh, version of it too, uh, which went as far as number five. And it's not about temperature. It's not about, you know, it's not like summer in the city where, you know, it's 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 hot and just, you know, it's more about uh, burning love more than temperature. Um the difference between the two versions of the song in it was a, it was a song that was uh, given to Motown, you know, so it was done in the Motown style. So the lead is a sax lead. When you get to the ni- 1970s, Linda Ronstadt's version is a guitar solo by I don't know if you guys remember an artist named Andrew Gold who had a hit um, uh, from the from the Boogie Nights soundtrack. Um, oh, what a lonely boy! That was Andrew Gold. Okay. I don't and that Linda Ronstadt's pretty much known for having great uh, musicians in the band. Basically, the Eagles came out of Linda Ronstadt's mm-hmm. side band. So that's that's my number five song. Adam, number five for you. Number five, I'm going with the band on my shirt, The Hold Steady and Constructive Summer, <laughs> which is off of their album, Stay Positive. And this song, Jeff, I think you like this song. This is actually, this song reminds me, it's kind of a combination of um, uh, School's Out, and Springsteen's No Surrender is what I, what I would say this song is like. And it's um, uh, it, it's just a great it's a great rock song. It's about, um, you know, just cutting out of school, uh, drinking on water towers in the summer. And it has a great line um, later on, which says, um, uh, raise a toast to St. Joe's St. Joe's drummer. He might have been our only decent teacher. Great song. No, send, Definitely want to check it out. To me. Yeah, I would like to check that out. That sounds pretty good. What are you going with, uh, Annie? Number five. Uh, which, which number is this? Number five. Number five. All right. You know what? <sighs> this is this is where all my guilty pleasures are coming out. I think. Right. <laughs> it's, it's summertime songs. Uh, I'm going uh, Cheryl Crow. All I want to do. Oh, it's a great one. Great summer song. Mm, it, it is. It brings me back the summer of '94. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what it was out. <laughs> Um, it's, I, it, I know it's not a cool song, but I, and you know, it's interesting because Sheryl Crow, I love so many of her hits and I, I really have not tried to dig deeper, but I love pretty much every one of her hits. Ah, man. She's solid hits. Of, they're solid. Yeah. I, I kind of like, I think of her and. I don't, uh, I don't know. Listen, we, we, we got we we got ten minutes and we got to get to. to, yeah. to, to all right, all right. Let's do. Let's we'll, we'll go so fast. Let, let's we'll get go fast. So, we, so I'm going to go right. number four here. Uh, for me is was Aunt, uh, Anthony was Adam's number ten song, which was suddenly last summer by the mm-hmm. Motels. Uh, 1983 went to number nine. Um, 
the, the way when she wrote this song, I, I, lo- I love uh, stories behind how artists wrote it. And she was just hanging out in her backyard and she hears the ice cream truck. Did you ever hear the story, uh, Adam? No. It's kind of like a famous uh, backstory on this. She's just hanging out in her her backyard, and she, you know, it's it's the it's August. You know, you could you know, you ever hang out one of those August nights, and it gets a little bit chilly, like you need a sweatshirt for the first time in two months, and you you hear those uh, ice cream bells ringing. You know, this is probably going to be the last time I'm going to hear the ice cream bells ring until next summer, and that's where she kind of came up with the idea. Hey, suddenly last summer, and she uh, she wrote the riff. Sent it over to a guitar player. He was like, "Yeah, sounds like a hit." Went right back to sleep. You know? Wow! <laughs> and then they wake up, they wake up, and they go into the studio and they wind up recording. And they knew right off the bat that they had a, like a, a huge uh, hit on this. The hands. So that was that's that's my number four song. Suddenly last summer, the motels. I so okay. far I like all this a million times better than Rolling Stone's stupid yep. list. What do you say, uh, Adam? All right, I'm going to go mainstream for the next four. So. <laughs> Um, So number four, originally I was going to have Sublime doing time since we already talked about Sublime. I'm going to go with uh, another another artist from the uh, LBC. I'm going with uh, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Ooh, oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Think about hip-hop. sitting in a car. I know. know. It's a- <laughs> sipping on June juice. juice. Laid back. Laid back. Yeah, that's a great one. I just heard that the other day driving around. Yeah, I know. And that didn't make. My t- I had like about thirty something songs that I just said like I have to put it on, I have to put it on, and that was one that I, j- I just skipped over. But yeah, obviously a great choice, man. Yeah, yeah, really <laughs> good. With that. I, sh- I should have put. I didn't put any hip hop on mine, but well, I. Could, that's was seeing fun, Anthony. <laughs> I think so it was very fun. So what's your number four fun song? <laughs> so, okay, my See, number four is not. It's all about not segues. very fun. Segways and callbacks. Uh, my uh this might is this the last second to last one that i picked from the 90s uh i'm going smashing pumpkins 1979 oh that's my next pick <laughs> ah, okay well then you that talk about it that is a great one <laughs> <laughs> we'll go we'll, we'll go fast we'll go through yep. it fast you talk about it um no i mean this i think is an ultimate nostalgia song and i think it's just one that gets as well this right? is my number and, three yeah okay uh, I think this is one that just gets better with just, you know, it was such a great hit with uh, um, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. And I just think it's a, yeah. a, it just takes you back, even, you know, even though it was set in 79, it still just yeah. feels uh, just as current. Yeah. Won, I love you guys it. know who won the World Series in 79? 79. Well, the Yanks won in 78. So 79 was. I know it wasn't the Cubs. <laughs> I I, um, I think it was um, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm glad I interjected with that. Yes. Yeah. Then sometimes the segues, you know, it's it's not all gold every time. Right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is what you get when you pay for uh, when you don't pay for something, folks. I'm going to go. <laughs> you, with can't my num- you can't bat a thousand. You can't right? bat a thousand. <laughs> But but Bring I'm going to redeem myself with my number three pick here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How can you not put this on your list? Saturday in the Park, Chicago, 1972. Mm. Robert Lamb just hanging out in Central Park while they're recording Chicago Three, and he's watching like what goes on in Central Park. He's watching singers. He's watching dancers. He's watching uh, jugglers. Um, this charted at number three on the Billboard charts for them. Um, it's such a fun, easy song. You know, the horns obviously are great. I think it really captures Chicago's feel and style and vibe. Um, it's jazzy and it's pop at the same time, but it, at the same time, it's not corny. I think it's. I think it's a great song, and even to today. You know, 50 years later, the song still holds up. So Saturday in the Park. Uh, right. And your number, we're up to your number, number two. My number three. Your number okay. three. Go, I, go back to back. Go go three and then go two. Go three and two. Okay. My number three is Surf Wax America by Weezer from the Blue Album. Mm-hmm. Um, and my number two is blister in the sun by oh, the violent films not a 90s Absolutely. song but yeah that has to be up on the list has to be, a, be on the list that's a good one where are you going with adam number two, number two. uh i'm gonna go with uh the kings of uh summer the beach boys good vibrations 
I had that on oh, my other nice. list. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, for great pet one. sounds. No, that was good vibrations is um I think it was Surf a single. USA. Surf USA. It was originally, I think, supposed to be on Smile. And then it was when Smile didn't come out, it was on Are you sure? Wait. Good vibrations. That it wasn't um, on Pet Sounds, but it was. He wrote it I, around the same time. I, I think he released he, it as a single, and he didn't want to put it on Pet Sounds. Hmm. Is that? Is that? I thought he put it on Pet Sounds. But we'll, hold on, we I got Pet Sounds check. right here. <laughs> it's not on Pet Sounds. Here's Pet Sounds. Uh, just, just real quick. Nope, just it's give not us, on it. But it's it. from that from that general time period. Okay. Um, then that's not cool. That's not good for me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a pet sound song. Um, number two for me, uh, When Doves Cry, Prince, 1984, man. I mean, that was all over the place. It, it was the lead single from Purple Rain, and it was Prince's first number one single. Uh, comes out in June 84. And I mean, this listen, the song, everyone knows it is so iconic. And and the and the video, and uh, even though we hate Rolling Stone, uh, it was still uh, number 37 on Rolling Stone's top 500 uh, greatest songs. All right. So we have about two and a half minutes left to yep. go here. Um, let, let's wrap up our number ones. Go ahead, Anthony. All right. My number one summer song is the B-52's Rock Lobster. Great song. I have that on my list here as well. That's a What's great that? one. Just so much fun. The, yeah. It's the ultimate party song. It really find is. Me a, find me a party song better than Rock Lobster. It's the type of song where you have a keg, you have people running around in shorts and t-shirts, and that song is in the background, and life doesn't get any better. Right. That's yeah. a great one. <laughs> That's a great one. That that is such a New Jersey Staten Island thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Adam, your number one summer song. My number one is Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Uh, I thought you I thought you would maybe have gone with the Ataris. No. I like both. yeah, and I don't I, even like the Ataris, but I like that cover. I, the, you know, the, the Atari cover is pretty good, too. And I mean, the main change is instead of the, the Grateful Dead sticker, they have the Black Flag sticker. Black Flag right. sticker, but it's, yeah. still, it's still pretty good. Nice update, yeah, I think. It, right. It, it holds true to the song, yet they put their own spin on it. Yeah. Okay. So I have a little story about this one as well, because, I mean, we all know the song. We've spoke about it. Uh, the Eye of the Tiger from Survivor. <laughs> <Yep. Okay. laughs> yes. Summer of 82. He, okay, over the Rocky Three soundtrack, written by Frankie Sullivan and Jim Pederick. Okay, hit number one. Now, it's Great important song. for me to tell you why uh, Jim Pederick, I, 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 I want to bring to your attention. All right. So, Stallone is making the movie, and they need a song for the montage, you know, the, the training montage. Mm-hmm. You know, Rocky fighting. Three. Okay, yeah. for Rocky Three. The song they were going to use was Another One Bite the Dust by Queen. Okay. Through negotiations, they couldn't they couldn't come up to an agreement. They had to drop the song. Survivor had a, a couple of little minor hits, but Stallone liked the band. And he reached out to Jim Penarek, calls him up, and he doesn't believe it's Stallone and hangs up on him, much like the, the scene from um, Almost Famous. Okay? No, a rock band. Rock, rock star. Rock star. Mm. Okay? Oh, rock star, yeah. All right. So then... He finally gets, uh, Stallone finally gets Jim Pederick on the phone and says, look, I need a song for this montage. Uh, Jim is like, do me a favor, send me the movie. He's like, I can't do that. He goes, I I have to see the movie. He sends the movie, goes, but you got to send it back and you can't let anything out. He's watching the movie, they're watching the movie, and and the whole training thing, he's hearing this this, this rhythm, this chugga, 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 chugga. So he's able to come up with a riff. But he, but so the music came kind of easy. The hard part was putting lyrics to it. And while he's watching the movie, right, he's hearing that. He's hearing that. That's the rhythm of the fighting. That's the rhythm of the fighting. And then he hears in in the dialogue, gotta have eye of the tiger rock. And it just came together. And from... the end of Dustin's vinyl. Our top, we end with a segue. Our top <laughs> songs of the summer, folks. All right, listen, folks. This was a great one. If you like the show, please subscribe to us. Please continue to support us on 
whatever we're on, we're on everything. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. Okay. Just completely continue. And uh, Dustin should be back next week. Uh, I'm probably going to be away here for the next uh, three weeks. And uh, I will see you guys uh, on the other side of Labor Day. So have a great one, everybody. Take care. Yeah, I got to go. Bye-bye. Five guys. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.